Have you ever really, really, ever, really, 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 ever, really loved a woman? Si sientes que tus ojos se iluminan al mirar su cara y el corazón Tiembla de amor y te sacude los hilos del alma. Es la señal de su llegada. Es sin duda la mujer que amas. Really, 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 really loved a woman. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Rancid Taco Movie Review Podcast. I'm Skylar Sanders here with my cohort and hopeless romantic Mason Weir. And today we are reviewing the film Don Juan DiMarco. No, it's Don Juan DiMarco. Don Juan DiMarco. There you go. Don Juan DiMarco got appropriately 69% on, oh, Rotten, hell yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. And it came hell out yeah. in 1994. Yeah. Though they keep it classy, I will say. And so will it, we. It is. It's a, it's a classy romantic love story in the purest sense. Like, there is some sexual stuff, and there's even some nudity that goes on, uh, but it is it is a, a sensual, classic uh, roller coaster ride through this guy's past. It is not any of those things. No, it, it's an old man uh, getting frisky with his old wife, and a weird dude dressed like Zorro, woman <laughs> womanizing half the planet. Um. Well, yeah, it's also that. <laughs> And it, it makes no sense either, but we'll, we'll go ahead and get into it. You know, I was thinking this week, the cast isn't really that important. We should probably just skip it. Are you kidding me? The one cast that actually heavyweights? Oh, my God. I mean, who, who's even in it? Like, Johnny Depp? Yeah, but. <clears throat> okay. Don't you start this, because you know I have an affinity for Marlon Brando, and you're trying to undercut him at the beginning. Let me just give you a little, little quick rundown. Marlon Brando is the champion actor to all actors. Every one of your favorite actors is a fan of Marlon Brando and has learned from his style. Um, Robert De Niro, uh, um, Johnny Depp, uh, James Dean, like, idolized him. Uh, um, what's the other? Oh, oh that guy, whoa. Which one? Which one was Marlon Brando? The the fat one that talks funny. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that that was it. All right, yeah. So he's really good. You're saying. Well, this is 1995, and at this point, Brando, like, even admittedly, was talked about. He's just taking movies for the money. He never even wanted to. He didn't want to continue. He didn't even want to continue doing movies. He just couldn't say no because they offered him so much money every time he wanted to do one. So, so then when I see him later on in the Island of Doctor Moreau, or Apocalypse Now, even. That's uh, that's Prime Brando. No, no, Prime Brando is like you got to go back to the fifties. You got to go to like Streetcar Named Desire, On the Waterfront, uh, the um, 
what's the one with the the where he's the motorcycle guy? I have um, no idea. I actually, I'm just these are. Around. Yeah, these are iconic films that shaped American acting because he came from the Stella Adler, uh, or he learned from Stella Adler in the studio in New York, which were the first people to bring the Stanislavski system, which later got dubbed the method, which method actors all use now. I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis, Anthony Hopkins, all these heavyweight actors learned, stole stuff from Brando because he was the first person to bring it to, to American movies. Yeah, and I, he was also in... The Godfather series. The God, yeah, and the Godfather. He's good. The Godfather was like after he had been labeled like unworkable. People couldn't work with him because he was so. He was just so out there and like demanded crazy shit and fought with the directors and you know didn't want to learn his lines. He he was a he was a rebel. Yeah, I, I figured out the thing I couldn't remember last episode that he demanded for the island of Doctor Moreau. It was that he wanted his character to end up being a dolphin. Not that he had a pet dolphin on the set. So that's the rumor anyway. He was pushing the director to have his character end up as a dolphin. Yeah. So he did have some strange demands. Though they didn't meet that one, I will say. Uh, He's got all kinds of interesting stories about him and and other people working with him. Like one of my favorites when he showed up overweight to uh, Apocalypse Now. And Francis Ford Coppola was like, Marlon, you're supposed to be this weight. What happened? And he just goes, oh, pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he looks like he's eating his fair share of pizza in this movie. Yeah, he got pretty obese by the by the end of his life. And this was this was one of the last few movies I feel like he did. But uh, but yeah, he got pretty obese. But I mean, he was like the young like when you go back all the way through the 50s, 60s and 70s, he's like a young, sexy, like people men wanted to dress like him and wanted to to you know be him women wanted him it was one of those sort of things and he just kind of rejected the idea of like fame and being a, a candy pop star and sort of just was like fuck it i'm gonna get fat and do whatever i want to do i actually can't say i blame him man once you've accomplished everything that uh, he, he accomplished why not once you're that old though i'm not sure why he would continue acting if he did he really need the money I'm, well, yeah, I mean, he's he lived in Beverly Hills, and you know, he 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 would come out. He would come out after he quit basically taking acting seriously. He would come out and do like these junk movies every three, four, five years, just one movie, and they would pay him like millions of dollars. Like the the he was in Superman as Jor El, Superman's dad, and it was one week of work, and he said he made some ridiculous amount of like millions of dollars. Neil Young always sings about Marlon Brando. Have you ever noticed that? Oh yeah. Well, that's that has to do because he advocated Native American rights quite a bit, and Neil Young is also kind of in that same vein. That's so he, he he when he got uh, when he got um, the award for best actor in Godfather, he sent Sachin Littlefeather, a member of the of a Native American tribe, to to decline his award, and basically he was protesting how native Americans were treated in, in cinema. And, you know, this was like, this was an unheard of thing. Nobody, nobody was political at the time or making political statements in Hollywood. You know, it was like, now we think of all these actors that, that are all politically outspoken. Well, nobody had done that before that. And he, he kind of pioneered that in a sense too. And then of course, every other actor that looked up to him, like Jack Nicholson's a huge 
you know, fan of his and, you know, all these other actors, uh, Sean Penn, and they all, they all do that now where they speak out about stuff and try to use their platform for a voice. He and Johnny Depp you, have a very good chemistry for uh, two actors that oh, age so differently. Yeah, they became very good friends. Uh, Johnny Depp actually bought an island because Marlon had uh, Mar- Marlon had bought an island in Tidiaroa and lived on this island by himself. The only way you could get in and out was the airplane. And he was talking to him, and you know, it was just sort of like Johnny Depp's sort of got this thing where he he latches on to these legends and like follows them. He did it with sort of with Hunter Thompson too, and Keith Richards, and and uh, he he latches on to these iconic people and and soaks them in and just sort of becomes them for a minute and then moves on to something else. <laughs> like like he's a, he's an interesting person in himself too. If you're gonna latch on to people, latch on to some. Uh pretty cool people like hunter thompson yeah what do you think about johnny depp's portrayal of a mexican uh lover lover of all women in this movie um i at times it felt a bit generic like the the voice was a bit generic for me but uh but i thought he did a fine job and he's always got these wonderful little moments where he's almost like uh like uh, Charlie Chaplin esque, where he does things with his eyes or his mouth or something that's just like, whoop. and it's like a funny little, a funny little moment in the mix of a not funny. It's a, he he places it well in the mix of these roles that are not exactly funny. And uh, so he he did have some he did have some things that I enjoyed about this. And then the only other cast members I wanted to note were Faye Dunaway. Who? Yeah, I thought I thought her her and Brando had a really good chemistry. I thought. I looked in their um, their filmographies, and they were both in a streetcar named Desire. Oh, really? That's what it says, unless uh, they did different versions of the same movie. But she was in it as well. Well, she was probably in a later version <clears throat> because he was original. He was in the original cast when it first produced on Broadway, and then they did the movie in '52 or something '52, '53, some '56, somewhere in there. I didn't look up their ages, but I, I feel like they both got to be in their 60s in this movie. Yeah, well, he's quite a bit older than her, I, I feel like. You think so? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And then rounding out the cast, the most important member is Debo, who plays Nurse, Ro- oh, yeah. Nurse Rocco. Debo from Friday. He was also Zeus and uh, No Holds Barred. Okay, so yeah, Brando's like 20 years older than Faye Dunaway. I just looked up. Really? 20 years older? Yeah, he was he was born in 1924. She was born in 1941, so 18, thir- uh, 17 years older. She looked uh, just as old as him, I thought, in this movie. Yeah, her teeth were scaring me at times. I was like, "This teeth are." Oof. Yeah, I wasn't feeling the romance, man. It, it grossed me out the whole time. Yeah, it was not. It, I mean, but they were both meant to. That's the the point of their characters. They were meant to be these old people that were renewing their love for each other. You know. Uh, it wasn't I, yeah, sexy. I, it wasn't sexy at all. That's not the sexy part. All comes from Johnny Depp and all his lovers. Theirs was more the love story of like rediscovering their love for each other. That they'd kind of just the flame had kind of burned down to a slow kindle. Uh, well, I, we're going to disagree a lot this whole this whole time. So let's just go ahead and <laughs> let's just go ahead and get this over with. All right. Well, no, I agree. It wasn't sexy. That's for sure. Oh, no, I, I mean, if you're going to, I see what you're saying, but like. Yeah, you know when I'm seeing it on the screen, I'm just uh, I don't I don't want to you know, 
like, <laughs> like the dude. All right, he's a legendary actor and everything, but he's like, he's having uh, trouble even saying his lines. Let alone, yeah, he's like kissing he's... this woman. Like, I don't want to see him kissing someone. He's so heavy and like and fat that it's like it's it's crazy. But he's always had like a, a nasally delivery. Like his voice is nasally, and he's got a very distinct like voice. And people always trash the method actors because they said they mumbled too much but uh and he was always blamed for it was always talked about for that but yeah there's definitely parts where it looks like he's like labored breathing <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but, but he gets it a couple times i will say yeah or it's implied that he gets it Th- thankfully they cut away before that yeah all right so anyway we don't start with um mr brando we start instead with an introduction to Don Juan DiMarco, who says that he slept with over 1,000 women. He's 21 years old. He's dressed like uh, a conquistador, would you say? He's got a cape and a hat and a mask. Yeah. Looks, uh, so looks get, completely ridiculous, right? It, yeah, he looks like Zorro, essentially. This is not attractive if you're a woman, I would, I would not think. Uh yeah, I mean I, I don't I don't know, depending on the woman, but yeah, it would seem it would be alarming, I would think. Yeah. <laughs> if but... somebody walked in like that, I'd be like, This dude is probably psycho. He walks in with a sword to this restaurant and, and you get him describing his life. He says he has to die now because he's suicidal over the one woman that rejected him out of the thousands of women he's he's slept with. So he's gotta have one final con- conquest. He he walks into uh a restaurant and he sees a woman there by herself immediately seduces her takes her mm-hmm. up to the hotel and and has sex with her right yeah and brings then they yeah they they go upstairs like he he sits down and she's like oh i'm waiting for somebody and he's like and he starts with his don Juan-y stuff and just starts smoozing on her until he grabs her hand and describes her fingers like women's legs and he kisses up her fingers and then he gets to like the the crotch of the fingers and gives that a kiss. And she's just melted butter in his hands. Yeah. And it shows some of the other people in the restaurant notice them talking. They go up to the hotel, they have sex. Then they come back down and the same people in the restaurant are still there. So it's not like it it, It wasn't a long, yeah, a long session. It was a very speedy session and he dips out. He does not stick around for dinner. And then her husband shows up. 30 seconds later this poor dude everyone in the restaurant just saw that go down yeah yeah he, he's like uh, he could probably still smell the sex on her not to mention what i'm i highly doubt don juan demarco is using a condom right <laughs> and this dude is carrying a lot of disease at this point uh, potentially yes there's there's zero percent chance he, he's not what we'll get into how later on but i'm yeah let's he does Let's just say he's had sex that more than anyone ever that we've that we would know. At first, I doubted the number whenever he said over a thousand because I was doing a little math. I was like, even if this kid started, you know, slept with a woman a day, you know, it's later revealed he he loses his virginity at sixteen. So that's a five year span. I was trying to crunch some numbers, but but <laughs> as i got further on i was like okay i see how he got there and yeah so yeah we'll, we'll get there too we'll, we'll get to that part of the story but yeah he definitely has one point of his life he gets he gets a uh, he basically is just living in heaven and imagine being this husband that, that walks in 
literally everyone in the restaurant looking at you as your wife is like well, hair all tangled and she's sweaty and they all well, know she, that you just got cucked. She describes him as a friend. She said, I, "I friends meeting me. So we don't know if he's a husband, her husband. Uh, he's, I'm pretty sure. It was. Okay. All right, she all says, right. she says a friend. So I think he's just like the date and he just got, uh, he just got blown out of the water by Don Juan DeMarco, which, you know, we all, it's not his fault. He all just right, showed well, up. That's fair he, enough. Then. He showed up late and his wife or his girlfriend got the best sex of her life and he'll just never be good enough now. <laughs> the best 15 minutes of her life was with Don Juan Ninja Turtle. If that. Yeah. Yeah. So now after he's uh, conquested this woman, he says, now I must die. So he goes up to this billboard to jump off and kill himself because he's still upset about the one woman that rejected him. Very uh, dramatic here. Mm-hmm. And he's, the cops show up and a crowd shows up and it's Marlon Brando's character who is once again named Jack. Third straight movie with a Pretty Jack. Jack. If you're going to write a love story, Jack's got to be the main character. It's confirmed Jack is the most romantic name of all time. Of all time, yeah. We've done three romance movies, three Jacks, and this Jack is the sexiest of all. Mm-hmm. Actually, he's not. He's, he's pretty gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's probably the least sexy of all of them. So they're all making some small talk at the, uh, at the potential suicide scene. The request of Don Juan DeMarco is that they send their best swordsman to kill him. Because he's got these delusions that he's a French... What, what's the word I'm looking for here? I keep wanting to say conquistador. Conquistador? Yeah, that would... Uh, a Spanish conquistador, sort of, or... I, I also keep saying French. I have no idea why. It's definitely Spanish. <laughs> it's definitely Spanish. Because he does... He has... He, he mentions it in a minute. He's like, but your accent is Castilian. He's like, well, my accent is colored by my many travels. So he doesn't have a Mexican accent. He has like a suave Spanish. Uh, yeah. I don't know what year this would be like. He looks like he came straight out of like the 1600s or something like that or 1500s. I don't know. So that's that's what the whole movie ends up being about is Jack's care. Uh, Brando's character, Jack, is a psychiatrist and he has to figure out what's wrong with Don Juan or figure out if he's actually sane and he really is this 17th century uh lover mm. this great lover <laughs> it's weird that's like that, that to be that like that's what you are you just go around and love women yeah it's not a bad job if you can get it <laughs> <laughs> like what the hell <laughs> yeah i i found myself jealous through most of the movie i was just like damn this guy's living a good life this you're but talking it- about a guy that gets sold into slavery later on yeah, well, that's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is. It yeah. really is. So but, like, the, but the thing is, is that, like, he, he's too romantic and poetic to, like, he's, he's really in it for the love. He's, like, we're talking about, like, the sex stuff that goes on, but he's, he's really there to, to be a lover. Like, so that's, a, that's important to know. Like, he's not uh, some sexual deviant running around having sex with a bunch of people. He's loving women. Oh. That's what they want. That's what they keep saying, but his actions actually are a sexual deviant running around fucking everybody. Yeah, a little bit. He clearly has a thing for married or attached women is his main focus until he 
get sold into slavery, slavery, and and used like a uh, like a fence pole. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that later on. Yeah. So uh, it's Jack that talks him down off the ledge, and he wants to take him on as a client. One last case before he retires. They have to figure out what's wrong with Don Juan DeMarco. So this board of psychiatrists all meet, and they decide Don Juan is delusional. Uh, Jack wants to take the case right before he retires, but he's denied. Uh, the other therapists can't handle Don Juan. They, they all just have problems with him. All the nurses in the building, by the way, just latch themselves onto them, onto oh. him the second they see him. Yeah, they swoon over him. It's like he obviously has an effect on all, every woman he comes in contact with. Yeah, any person it, we come to find out later. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Effect on. <clears throat> yeah. But the but, the, in, the, int- the funny thing is, like, because so so Jack's character tells him in order to get him because he pulls his sword on him when he's up on the billboard threatening to jump off. He pulls his sword out and he's like, where is this person? I, I will go, I'm going to duel him to the death so I can die honorably. And he's like, uh, he's not here, but I am Don Miguel Cervantes or something like that. Like Octavio. Uh, yeah yeah don octavio de flores and so he he says uh he's away right now but so so he had he told him that he's don octavio de flores and so now the other psychiatrist can't work with him because because uh johnny uh, don juan will only talk to don octavio de flores yeah which is ridiculous so so now that we've got to this point, we can really describe what's going on in the movie. Either he is actually Don Juan DeMarco, the great Spanish lover, or he's just some dude who's pretending to be. And that's, yeah. that's what the whole movie is about. And that's the mystery of the movie. Yeah. The plot is, the plot is, uh, is this person who he says he is, or is he actually a, a delusional psycho? And so what do you think? Well, we'll, we'll get to what you think at the end, I guess. Yeah. 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 All right, we'll get around to that. But anyway, they decide to give the case to Jack. It's his final case before retirement. He has 10 days to figure out what's going on with Don Juan or else they're going to medicate him and possibly lock him up for a long time. Mm-hmm. They have a funny scene where I think it's it's Jack that says Villa and, and then Don Juan oh, says yeah. Via. And then they're just back and forth with Villa and Via over and over again. It's the other, it's the other side guy just is like, Yes, this is Don Octavio de Flores Villa. And he's like, Villa? Villa. Oh, Villa. Yes, Villa. <laughs> yeah. And he's like right in his face. <laughs> yeah, that was a nice little back and forth. Yeah, I, I like that one. That was the other one? That wasn't Jack? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, was, that was the psychiatrist that couldn't handle him. Okay. And so then when, <laughs> when Jack gets the case, he's got the nurses just hanging all over him. And he says, what are you doing to these girls? Yeah. I liked when he called him out on that. So they talk about why Don Juan wears the mask. And he says he wears it in shame because since the death of his father, he always wanted to wear the mask. That is that right? Yeah, yeah. Um what Oh yeah, yeah, it was it was after the death of his father that that he wore it in shame because he played a part in his father being killed. Yeah, so they immediately start kind of analyzing each other. It, it becomes just as much Jack receiving therapy from Don Juan as Don Juan receiving therapy from Jack. Yeah. Within their first meeting. They don't, they don't build this into uh, something that takes a while. 
he immediately is affected by Don Juan DeMarco. Yeah, yeah. He can. T- there's something interesting about him, and he's definitely intrigued with it. But the thing is, is like he's retiring in 10 days or something like that, and he only has 10 days to try to get to get him out of there. And uh, so he's – you can tell he wants to he wants to believe him, but he also is still approaching it with a skeptical psych- psychiatrist sort of view. I felt like he kind of gave in pretty easily to the uh, influence of Don Juan. Someone that's a hardened psychiatrist with uh, assumed 50 or more years in, in the business probably wouldn't just immediately fall victim, you know, Basically, he's under Don Juan's mind control in a way. Well, he's li- he listens to him. He's listening to him. And, yeah, I think he's, he's getting swept up very quickly in the romanticism of, of this character because the character is very, you know, just romantic and and, uh, and flowery, I guess, in the way that he does stuff. But he's sort of – he's, like, trying to – he's trying to get into the real story – and trying to figure out what's really going on. He's skeptical at first, but then I think he's on the fence for the most part is like, he wants to, he wants to believe that this kid, but at the same time, he doesn't really, he doesn't, it it goes against his senses to believe it. I think. Especially once you hear the story and, Mm -hmm. and he starts to tell it and it starts out with a very creepy scene, which is a, a sign of things to come for this guy. Uh, he's kissing these girls in a line. Well, no, first, the, the creepiest scene is he's in the bath as a baby <laughs> and he's checking out his own mom's ass and, and she's naked there in the mirror and she covers up. She, like, blushes. Yeah, he's, yeah. Well, he's, he, he's already a pervert. He, <laughs> Come on, he's a baby taking a bath. <laughs> he's looking over at his mother and she could just feel his eyes on her and she turns around and then she grabs a towel and covers herself. And so... The idea was supposed to be like you you could tell there's something different about this kid like uh from the from the get. Yeah, I knew that's what they were going for, but it was kind of weird. <laughs> you can't you can't call a baby a pervert, dude. I mean, uh, what the It's just he, funny. He's, he's just sitting in the bed or in the bath splashing around. Oh the yeah. Mother, the mother's the pervert for thinking those dirty thoughts. No, the kid was definitely being creepy about it. He wasn't just 1 year old. He was probably like 5 or 6. He's an infant, dude. He might not even be one. Like he's literally crashing <laughs> right. in the water. This guy grows up to be quite a creep. Uh, if the, if this guy's even real at all, is what I'll say. <laughs> anyway, he, he grows up a few more years. He has this kissing line behind uh, in the dirty alleyway. He makes these <laughs> these girls all line up in a row and kiss him. Yeah, just one after the other, and they all leave him a flower. They they're paying him for kisses. Yeah, yeah. He's he's. The the women want him. Even the nuns in this town. Oh, he, yeah. He goes and prays for forgiveness or something at church, and all the nuns. Is this like a 12, 13-year-old kid, and these, you know, 20s, 30s-year-old nuns just all want to bang him? Nuns? Well, they're all looking at him adoringly. That's the, that's like, you, 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 that doesn't mean they, they want to bang him, but he's just magnetic to women. He makes women feel good. That's the idea that they're setting up here. <laughs> So he describes all this and the whole time he's saying how he's the greatest lover of all time. And, and this is how he started to become that. And he's inter- he's interrupted by Jack who says, are you Italian, Mexican or English? And, and Don Juan gets pissed off. He's like, is that all you have to say? He, he, he can't believe that he was interrupted for that. 
<laughs> I, I really yeah. like that scene. He, he was pissed. He's like, I just told you that I was making out with all these girls when I was 10 years old. And you just want to ask about my nationality. Yeah, well, that's that's the first time we get where where Jack is actually trying to pry into like the real what's really going on here, and that's when he's like, "Well, you're you're, you know," and it is he says his father is the dance king of Astoria, and he moved down there to sell pharmaceuticals or whatever, and fell in love at first sight with his mother, and like the idea the idea is like this character doesn't exactly match what we're hearing so he could be lying it seems like he's lying it seems very unrealistic it seems like he could be lying yeah he lives in this dusty old town where everyone just runs around and they sword fight in the street it's a beautiful mexican villa okay it's not a dusty old town it's like flowers and you know you know mexican uh, architecture and it where looks they, beautiful they sword fight and murder each other in the streets well, yeah, I'm not saying it didn't have its bad stuff. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great place. It is. It's beautiful. And the lighting is magnificent. If you go there, the lighting is just, they have all these warm colors, and it's just like the sun is always on your back. And doesn't he say that his dad is from America? Yeah, from Astoria, Queens. Okay, so, so he, he came so, and visited, and then he, he just married into the family. He was down there to sell pharmaceuticals, and uh, he and then he mar- he, mar- he sees his mother, and falls in love at first sight. Did you watch the movie? Yeah, I watched the movie. All right. I'm just, you know, I'm just testing you. Did you watch the movie? Okay, yeah. So they used to come down and sell pharmaceuticals, and then he falls in love at first sight with his mother. Yeah, and he buys the coffee farm. Something like that. But then then it gets, it, once he starts to grow up, his dad, seeing that, you know, he's obviously going to have trouble because any guy that's that, that adorned by women is going to have trouble with men from jealousy. So he starts teaching him this sword fight. I took it as uh, a lot of people sword fight in this town, honestly, which is (laughs) probably the best scene in the movie when they get to the sword fight. But this is, this is just the backstory of his parents, which is ends up being pretty important, I guess in the end, Mm -hmm. but they, they cut away from this imaginary or maybe not story of Don Juan to show Jack and his marriage. Now they introduce his wife, Who's I forgot her character's name, but that's Faye Dunaway. Uh, yeah, let's see here. Um, Marilyn. Uh, Marilyn, okay. So she's at first, she's kind of dull and boring, and he fights right through that. So they didn't really show the dull side of their marriage, they get right into him becoming more romantic because of his proximity to Don Juan. He comes home and he's looking at her and he's listening to classical music, and she's like, Hmm, I take it you want to go upstairs, huh? And he's like, well, what do you mean? And she's like, well, you're listening to classical music. You're looking at me or whatever. She's like, I've got to go take my vitamins uh, so my bones don't break. My and metamucil. So, <laughs> and then take my estrogen to convince my body that I'm 20 years younger again. And and it's sort of it's it sets up the idea of like obviously they don't have sex very much anymore and uh the 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 marriage is has gone cold yeah it's, it's, it's not pretty... cold it's just it's not cold it's just they're in routine yeah and that's a, a huge problem for jack now that he's seen the glory and, and charisma that is don juan amen so uh don juan is so charismatic now that they had to assign a new nurse to him 
because he seduced all the other nurses and, and made them go crazy. So th- that's where we get Debo, uh, who plays Rocco, the nurse in this movie. And he becomes uh, Don Juan's new nurse, which is fine. No big deal, you know, because Don Juan will charm him as well. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, he, he's, Jack says, oh, I've got, I've got it taken care of because he's driving all the women crazy in there in the uh, in the the psychiatric hospital. So they assign Debo to him. Uh, rest in peace, by the way. He just died not too long ago. And <clears throat> so he he's like, yeah, I'm your new nurse, what, or whatever. And we see in a couple scenes, like they're out in the front lawn and Don Juan's teaching him to do like a flamenco dance. <laughs> and like he's just like getting into it and all loving it and stuff. And then the next scene, the guy's like, where is uh, – Where's uh, Rocco? He, where's, he moved to Madrid. Where's Rocco? Yeah, he moved to Madrid. <laughs> so Don Juan is so charismatic. He teaches this this hardened uh, nurse to dance and, and one day and then convinces him to move permanently to to Madrid. Yeah, he's got a supernatural effect on people. Yeah, he is a, a very dangerous person, I will say. It's a good thing he's pretty good-natured because if he had evil intentions and that kind of uh, drawing power... He's like a sorcerer. He goes. Oh around. yeah! Everyone just men, female. They're just oh, there's oh. Und, under his spell. Yeah, it's, uh, so you like. I that, mean, right? I I didn't do any research about uh, the actual Don Juan, but I I think like there the, there's an old story of Don Juan that is basically this type of character. So I I think we're we're meant to believe that he's emulating this character a little bit, but then succeeding at it. But yeah, but then we also see him doing it, and we're like, well, it's. It, you know, he might as well be him. Maybe he really is yeah. Don Juan DeMarco, the old fictional 17th century lover. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he uh, he seduces his tutor now whenever they go back to the flashback of, of him growing up. He, he gets this married tutor. He's 16 years old. She's presumably in her 20s, I guess. Maybe older. Uh, they didn't really say how old she uh, was. I would guess around 20... In 20 to 24, right in that range. She's married to a much older man. Yeah, well, that's how they did it back then. Yeah, well, she's married to a much older man, but Don Juan seduces her pretty quickly. He, uh, She says, I will never consent. I will never consent as he's kissing her by the yeah. riverside. <laughs> it seems uh, a little rapey, a little creepy. It's... Like, it's textbook rape if uh, if she wasn't also, if she wasn't so into it. She's like, into it, but she's saying she's not into it. So I don't know if that's a safe portrayal of love making here. Yeah, I mean, like in modern in in modern uh, America and what we, what we're living in today, that would it would definitely be textbook uh, rape. But she's obviously <laughs> she's obviously liking it, and she's obviously going along with it, and. She she's enjoying herself. I will say she takes him for these study lessons on these romantic walkways full of flowers, these archways. And yeah. She takes him at nighttime down to this moonlit brook by the river, like overhanging the, the river in a warm spring summer night with a blanket. Yeah. You're really going to tutor the hell out of him out there. Like yeah. She knows what she was doing. She knew exactly what she was doing. She wasn't completely innocent. Though I, I thought it was funny that she was like, 
I will never consent. I will never consent. And then it's the voiceover, and he says, she did consent. Or something yeah. like that. She consented. Yeah. But yeah, he rapes her, and they fall in love after that. <laughs> That's uh, no romantic bone in your body. No, I mean, this... this <laughs> It causes the death of his father. He forcefully takes his lover, who also happens to love him. It's not rape. It's it's mild rape. <laughs> <laughs> well, this this uh, again, he's he's had he's made love with two people that we've seen on screen, and he's ruined at least one marriage, if not two. We don't know the circumstances of the first man, so he's spreading diseases and and he's a home wrecking disaster for the most part. <laughs> That that's true. That's true. So we go back to the present time, and he gets this Rorschach test, which was pretty cool. He he sees every uh, blot as something romantic, like a, a woman uh, and a sexual. Woman's yeah, it's, it's yeah, all it's sexual. Like, for him. This is this is her pubis leading up to her thighs, and yeah, and and it's like just a picture of like ink splotch and whatever. And normally those those tests are designed; they give them to him. And they they want to see if people see sort of sexual images or, or relate to it, and and he just comes right out and starts saying, "Yes, this is a sexy woman," <laughs> and he and and then he pulls up another picture and it looks like two women with their, their breasts like poking together, and he's and he's just like, "Well, let's go ahead and move on to the next thing," because <laughs> it's like this is obviously gonna. I know where this one's going. And Jack is is totally buying it too. He's he turns the picture and sees the same thing now that Don Juan sees. He had been looking at it from a different angle, and then he turns and he's like, oh, well, I see it now. And then he goes home and bangs his wife, which <laughs> which is, I, I get what they're trying to say here, but I could never recommend this movie to someone my age or anywhere near my age and be like, oh, check this out. Look how romantic this is. You know, maybe like someone in their 60s or 70s would think this is romantic, but I just did not care about jack banging his old wife because that's what it was just a lot of him having sex and kissing his wife yeah but it's not like they show it it's him connecting and finding the passion with his his wife like that's a you problem you no, can't because you can't she wasn't buying it either the old lady his wife wasn't really buying it she's like yeah i mean I'll sleep with you, but I really don't want to. Like, what are you doing? You're yeah, because weird. because they hadn't done it in so long. It was a foreign thing now to them. They were the whole the, the the whole movie is about these two. Like, the movie is not is so much about his background. Uh, the, uh, the story no, no. the story is about these two. Uh, him forging this relation, reforging this relationship with his wife through Don Juan. See, you're assuming that they never they don't have a lot of sex. They never say that. And also he she even says rain check when she comes out of the bathroom, indicating that they have sex almost nightly. What would that mean? How would that indicate that they're having sex nightly? They're obviously not having sex nightly. That's the whole fucking point. Like the, <laughs> the, the No, the point is that they're they're dull. She's but, yeah. The point is that they're dull and they're not having sex. So they're they're an older couple. It's it's just bound to happen. Like the passion just goes away after a while. And he says it later. He talks about he like I want to I want to know about your passions, about things, what you want to do before I got so caught up in myself that I stopped paying attention. Like he says it. He says these things later when he's talking to her. And the whole point is that is not about these two people being a sexy couple. 
Like if this if these two people were a sexy couple, it would be it would undercut the the story. So the, the the story is this older couple that have loved each other their whole lives are now rediscovering their passion because of uh, because of Don Juan's passion. Because of Don Don Juan's womanizing, raping, and disease spreading passions. When's he? He's not womanizing. When's he womanizing anybody? What does womanizing mean? Does it not mean sleeping with literally any woman that you could find? He's not doing that yet. Uh, or well, he gets to it. We'll we'll get. And to it. you're also you're also uh, you're turning him into this lecherous man. He's loving women. He's he's <laughs> these women. It's, these women are not get, are not getting thrown to the wayside by him. He's I'm not lo- buying it. Man. That's all. I'm not buying this Ninja Turtle dude. Like Johnny Depp is is a <laughs> especially when he was young. He was he was a good looking dude. I get it, but oh, he's I, sexy I as hell. It. Hey, golden, he? golden stiffy alert! Johnny Depp is definitely going to be up for a golden <laughs> stiffy in this one. You think so? All right, so you were buying, you bought the charisma of Don Juan. I, I wasn't. Well, I mean, I, I'm just saying he's sexy, sexy as hell. See, I can see where we differ in this. I, I did not buy Don Juan as Don Juan aspect, and the real life aspect was Marlon Brando and this other old lady, like you know, loving each other. And so for me, that's why I didn't love the movie. For the most part, anyway. I th- I think is I you don't have a romantic bone in your body. The best part about this movie is the song. The song is really good. Yeah, but, I don't but, even know, have we even mentioned the song yet? We haven't even that? mentioned the song. Brian Adams did the song "Have You Ever Really Loved a Woman" for this movie, and it's a fantastic song. This movie won a ton of awards, but it was actually that song that won all the awards. The movie didn't win shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was nominated. It was nominated for quite a bit of stuff, but it didn't win much. The movie or the song? No, the song I think did win awards. Oh right, yeah, <laughs> I thought you said the song didn't win awards, and I was like, what? Yeah, hold on. The songs available. The song was nominated for an Oscar for best original song, but lost to "Colors of the Wind" from Pocahontas. What? Ooh, that was a good song. That, that is a good. Win. That's a good song. All right. I'm gonna put the song probably as the intro and the exit and everything. Hell yeah. Hopefully Brian Adams will sue us and we'll get we'll uh, get to talk to him. Except I have a little issue with the wording in the song. So he's like, have you ever really, <laughs> really, really ever loved a woman? He says really like four times, uh, or three or four times in one stanza. And I'm just like, and every time I, I re-sing the song, I just overdo it. And I go, have you ever really, really, ever, really, 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 ever, really loved a woman? <laughs> Well, the reason he does it is because really is just such a sexy word. <laughs> Shut up. Really? You've got such an agenda. You just want to push this song and throw the movie under the bus. That's right. That's what I'm here to do. <laughs> All right. Well, we got to move along. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we should probably move along. So for four months, Don Juan sleeps with his tutor. Uh, he thinks he's in love with her. He's caught by her husband one time. And that's a fun scene. He he runs away. He runs out the window. The husband kind of chases him and and falls through the uh, like the door for a minute. And so Don Juan steals one last kiss and then runs away. And you can see him fleeing in the moonlight. Yeah, that that was a fun little scene there. And and the the funny part to me is like this kid's sixteen years old and he's cuckling a guy that's obviously like in his forties or fifties. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he 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 escapes from him, but. In retaliation, Don Alfonso, who was the husband's name, 
challenge. He, he claims that he is sleeping with Don Juan's mother. And so mm-hmm. to, to defend his mother's honor, Don Juan's father agrees to sword fight Don Alfonso to the death. Mm-hmm. And they do fight. Um, I kind of got like Princess Vibe, uh, Princess Bride vibes there when they have that sword fight. Yeah, a little bit. It's the same style of sword fighting. It even um, says something like, you killed my father. Now you, you, uh, now yeah. I must avenge you or whatever. Well, yeah, so that's the thing is like his, he's, his father's fighting this guy and he was like, he's fighting him well. But then something happens where the mother, he looks up at the mother because she gets scared and goes, oh. And then when he looks up, he loses focus. And the other, the other guy stabs him right in the liver or something. I don't know. It's a, def- it's a deadly blow. But they don't look like very deadly swords, which was my issue. I was like, these things don't look like they could kill. I yeah, guess, I you guess. wouldn't think that little stab would kill somebody, but maybe he hit the right. Yeah, they part. look like fence. They look like fencing swords, but I guess if you jab it in the right spot, it's going to puncture a vital organ. Yeah. So now, after the death of his father, Don Juan jumps in and fights, and uh, he's fighting Don Alfonso, and he murders Don Alfonso in the streets in front of dozens and dozens of people. That's not murder. That's a that's a duel. No, it, that, the duel had already happened. Don Alfonso won, and <clears throat> and Don Juan was a bad sport about it, and instead, uh, well, made, he, it, made it a two he on stepped one up. Fight. He stepped up and he told him, "You killed my father. Now you're gonna have to kill me." That's duel number two. Yeah, <laughs> and, and because let's be honest, and 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 the guy it, the guy could have declined, but that was who he really wanted to kill. But he couldn't go kill a 16 year old boy. So he was like, all right, well, now you've challenged me. This is perfect. Now I'm going to get to kill you, too. Yeah, so he doesn't. He gets killed by Don Juan. And the father, before he dies, he forgives Don Juan for causing these events that led to his death. So that was nice. Yeah. Don Juan didn't have to feel bad about it. But, but th- he does, this he- was actually my least favorite part of the movie happens right here because – whenever the father dies he does this big dramatic head drop <laughs> like like he's like uh, uh, uh. yeah <laughs> like and his head drops over the side and i'm like I, i'm like did the director want to do this for stylistic reasons or was this just the cheesiest death scene i've ever seen yeah it was a monty python yeah i wasn't death. i wasn't sure i was like are they trying to make it cheesy i don't know and if they weren't trying to make it cheesy there, they make it cheesy here because Don Juan says, now I must wear this mask in shame for the rest of my life. Even though his father forgave him, he still puts on the uh, the Ninja Turtle eye patch or, or the Zorro, whatever you want to call it. And he, he says he's going to wear it the rest of his life like he's a mini luchador. Anyway, back to the real, real life times. Jack is now lifting weights. He, he's ordered some weights online or... Actually, probably over the phone in this. Yeah. In this, this there is no online yet. They weren't. Amazon was only delivering books at this point. <laughs> he starts taking out uh, his wife to fancy dinners now for no reason and buying her expensive shit. He gets a Marion uh, mariachi band to come to his dinner. So, yeah, very romantic now. Great to see. It's really great to see him. It is, but. But she looked like mortified when the mariachi band showed up and was just like, oh, God. and he gives her these beautiful earrings. It's just more, you know, romance. You wouldn't understand it. I guess I wouldn't understand it because I just felt like she wasn't feeling it either. Like she went along with him because 
she truly loved him. She didn't need some mystical ninja turtle to change her outlook on life. She loved she's, her husband the whole time, and she goes along with this weird bullshit throughout the she's, whole movie. But, because she's not under the spell of Don Juan. He is, and he's bringing that to her. And later, we'll find her. She she gets right into it. But Her version is true love. She is showing true love by... She's playing along with his weird fantasy that he's some yeah. Spanish lover. That's love. She doesn't need to meet Don Juan. Well, he's, she's, he's like a fickle little little lady, you know, like a fickle little. Uh, what the what, hell are you talking about, fickle little lady? He's a he's romancing his wife. No, he's a weak-minded fool. He. As oh my as, god! This is right, like so, a, this is a common practice among husbands, that's particularly like not our generation, but before that, is to take is to romance your wife and do romantic gestures like that. And obviously, he hasn't been doing them. And she's kind of taken aback and thrown off by because it's been so long since he did anything like that. Uh, I'm just saying I appreciate what she brings to this relationship way more than him. It's, it's disappointing that he's about to retire. Yeah. He's, he's just like a yeah. little kid. Yeah, and he says that. He says, like, like well, I stopped paying attention to you and, you know, and he's trying to, he's trying to, to, to make up for it, I guess, you know. And yeah. she she did her wifely duty, and she brought him coffee. She says, who brought you your coffee for the last however many years? He's like, you know me. And he's like, no, I want to really know you. I want to really, like, you know. And it's it's, it's like, yeah, they, they're they rekindling this marriage. Like, you, you miss, you're missing the whole point. <laughs> yeah. I think no, I, no, wonder you, no wonder you didn't like this movie. You weren't fucking paying attention. No, I was paying attention, and I missed the point because it doesn't make any fucking sense. When we get to the end, you'll see that we don't even know what's real and what's not. That's true. The end is, but the end, I, I wish they'd have left the end more like ambiguous, but whatever. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to it later. Um, we find out, actually, this is a good time to bring up that Jack in his off time goes to see Don Juan's grandmother, is it? Yeah, his grandmother, his grandmother on his father's side. Yeah, he goes to see his grandmother, and, and his grandmother refutes everything that Don Juan had said. Um, she says he lived in New York his whole life, and his dad was killed in a car accident. He was like a, what was it, a singer or a dancer or something? Yeah, yeah he was the dance king of Astoria or whatever. But that Don Juan had already also told him that. But the she said that that he they moved to phoenix and he, they he died in a car wreck in phoenix and that he had never so, even been to mexico in his life yeah and that he did, he wasn't a pharmaceutical salesman and all that so she basically tears down his whole story yeah and and that, and that and that's what really makes us start going and also jack jack's now like oh shit well what's real was he yeah, did he grow up what, in mexico or did he yeah. grow up in new york and it further clouds the mystery behind this character, which never gets fully resolved. I will. Well, maybe it does, but we'll see. Yeah. I think it it's, gets too resolved. Yeah, it's not as far off as you would think, really, because I don't know this. This movie was short, but it didn't. It didn't make a lot of sense to me. I've resorted to drinking the rest of my wine. I'm not. I'm not going to engage with your it didn't make sense. What, it's like not a hard movie to follow. What are you it, talking about? It was if you're trying to make sense of a, the story, but we'll, we'll, we'll go on. It, yeah, I mean, because it's, immediately in the next scene, Don Juan says, oh, well, none of that's true. 
instead, my grandmother is living the fantasy. And then he says, you, Jack, are living the fantasy. And then Jack's like, no, you're living the fantasy. And so they're all delusional or none of them are delusional. And it's yeah, never well, made he, clear. He's, and, and the grandmother also says that she never really, he never really, she met him once when he was really young. And then he came and showed up like a few weeks ago. So the grandmother doesn't really know him. And she doesn't really know the story. And she's like a typical queen's uh, mother that's just kind of like whatever. And so he's got it's his word against hers sort of when they get back to it. So it leaves us it leaves us in the in a questioning mode of who's telling the truth here. We don't need to know. But the, but the 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 idea is that it's like. Even I think that I think the main idea for me of this whole story is like, regardless of the truth, you sort of can make it. You can make your own truth, even if it's not the truth, you know? Yeah, so, it's not the point of the movie, actually, what he was doing there. It's it's about the romance and the yeah. the passion that he feels. You're right. So, I mean, I, I agree that that is what the movie is about. I just didn't appreciate the yeah. romantic aspect, I guess, as much. Yeah. But it does get a little bit more romantic now because Don Juan starts the story of what happened after he murdered Don Alfonso. And his mom sends him out to sea. She puts him on a ship with these merchants. It turns out they're actually slavers and they immediately sell him into slavery. So mom of the year there. Well, she goes to to the nunnery and becomes a nun to give up her past life or whatever. And she she didn't realize it was slavers, I'm assuming, but yeah. So he's sold into slavery into like a sultan in the somewhere in, in the Middle East or something like that. Yeah, so he's sold sold to a sultan. I'm assuming they don't have uh, slaves like well, wait, no, wait. Now he's sold to a sultan's wife. So the sultan's wife buys him at the market because she's got her own plans for him. Is, is this type of slavery legal anywhere in, in the world anymore? Or has it been in the last 40 years? <laughs> Definitely not. So it, it doesn't exist anymore, right? Or even... Oh, that's... Oh, that, yeah, you could poke a real good hole in his theory right there. Yeah, because, that's what I mean. Like, I mean how this, could he really be Don Juan and get sold into slavery if he's 21 years old at the well, time? Well, I mean, that, sex slavery still exists to this day. Like that, though? I mean, he gets sold to this palace where there's Hundreds of slaves, thousands of slaves, actually. Yeah, no, I think it's like a, a romanticized sort of uh, view of it, and it definitely feels older. So that that you could make a pretty good argument at, at, about that, but you can't say that sex slavery doesn't exist. Yeah, well, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but I don't think it's like this. Uh, no, no, gets, definitely gets, not like this. He gets to be the luckiest slave in the world because he's disguised as a woman snuck in as to be a uh, like a handmaid of the sultan's wife the sultana and then he becomes her sex slave well yeah she knows she sees him at the market buys him because he's you know beautiful man and brings it back and and the the eunuch what is this one of my favorite characters the eunuch uh is like leading him in there so and he he's he's telling her when she's she's trying to seduce him and she's like trying to undress him and he's like I've promised my heart to another and like, like I, I, I could never do it. Yada, yada, yada. Oh, I got it. And, <laughs> nice. and so he says, I could never do it. I could never do all this stuff. 
and but then he's t he's narrating the story at the same time and and he says you'd be surprised how quickly <laughs> you could change your mind on those things yeah he was she's... so deeply in love with his married tutor that he couldn't possibly love another woman yeah but then he yeah like you said he immediately changes his mind said well actually <laughs> yeah yeah so he so he bangs the sultana and and the, my favorite, one of my favorite scenes is that he's leaving, walking out, and he's describing it to the eunuch because then he'd only he'd only had sex with two women, <clears throat> so he's describing to the to the eunuch who's had, who's obviously got his junk and dick cut off. So he's like, the woman that I never knew that you could be in love with multiple women and that this and they're so soft and the subtle. And he's talking about all the pleasures of making love to a woman, and the eunuch just turns him and goes. Shut up. Yeah, he's like, please <laughs> shut up. Yeah. He's, and he's got this look on his face where he's just like, oh, my God. It's got to be torture for this poor guy. Yeah. And the Sultana, he, he, he repeatedly sleeps with her, but she's very aggressive. Uh, she, she kind of rapes yeah. him almost. She's like, forces him to undress. And, oh, yeah. That's, def that's definitely rape. Yeah. She rapes him as well. So it, it goes both ways. Well, they, I don't know. He he does enjoy it. I, I guess. Uh, well, yeah, he, he says he does actually, but he gets tired of it. He says, "I grew tired of it after a while." And also, well, he he literally gets tired <laughs> because well, where they I, house him. Yeah, yeah, they they hide him away, and uh, this is the scene that my mom covered my eyes for whenever I oh, was yeah. a, a kid watching this one. They they house him away in this. What is it like? A looks like a room size pole. It's like a bathhouse. It's a yeah. bathhouse with all the Sultan's wives. He has over like uh, 1,500 1, wives. Yeah. And he's, he, it's literally they're all just bathing naked in this big pool house, just having a big like naked orgy type thing. Yeah, it's uh, completely ridiculous. He slept with them all, every single one of them. Yeah, he's the only guy in there. So it's just they're all just ravishing him, I'm sure. And with with his powers, you know. Well, I, I'm gonna say literally, if if he really is Don Juan DeMarco, then literally he slept with every one of them, because he later on does a final tally of how many women he slept with, and the number adds up perfectly. We see him sleep with everyone that he he does in this movie. Okay, well that makes sense because if there's 1,500 in there, he I says 1,500 two later, and at that you point. Could, it was those fifteen. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, because it's fifteen hundred wives, and then the two before that. So, yeah. So that makes sense. Uh, and you could knock out four or five in a day, especially if you're young. I, I'm assuming for him, he wasn't there for even a full year. I wouldn't think, or maybe, uh, maybe a few years at the most. But fifteen hundred, my God. Yeah. So he's got to at least knock out five a day. How does that even work? Because they were all naked whenever he got in there, or at least topless. So well, there's 1,500 women and one Don Juan. Yeah, he. Slept, I mean, they were all just like lined up waiting to have sex with him. Well, I mean, I, I assume it came about a little bit more naturally, but uh, God, how I, weird! I don't know. How weird is like the concept of this? Uh, an orgy yeah. with a like a football sized stadium orgy with one man. <laughs> how awesome <laughs> uh, this is where i got really envious i was like this dude is just living the life oh yeah he gets sold as a slave and he just not only becomes like we we talked about this in the titanic episode 
It's like, please, trade you know, someone buy me, some rich oil oil tycoon, <laughs> yeah, yeah. buy me. Please. And that's that's exactly what happened to him. And hide me away in your uh, Hiram of uh, fifteen hundred women. Completely ridiculous, but it was it was kind of a good scene. Yeah, I was erect. Unfortunately, wait, what? Wait, what? What'd you say? <laughs> I elect. I elect to, to go forward. Move forward, please. Uh, so the Sultan returns home and he finds Don Juan. Well, he no, he no, them, the, but he gets the, sent, away, sent away. The Sultan, the Sultan sees him walking at some point with the eunuch, and the Sultan wants to wants to sleep with him. <laughs> and he because he he's behind like a veil, like dressed like a woman, and he's such a beautiful woman that the Sultan is like, ah, send her to my room. And then that's when he has to be uh, snuck out by the Sultana because yeah. it, it could get dangerous at that point. All in all, this was completely pointless, and in terms of the story, has to have been fabricated. The whole thing. Well, it was building the character. <laughs> I would say. Well, you can give it that it was building the character, but if we're taking his word for it that he grew up in a Mexican villa and killed someone sword fighting and did all that, there's no way that this part of it happened. I don't think he got sold into slavery, had sex with fifteen hundred women, and then left. I'm See, you're you're Jack Mickler right now at the beginning of the story, and by the end of the story, you're gonna have to start learning to believe in the power of love. What? So, I, oh man, I wish I had written down the speech that he sort of gives. Is like you you're you're sapping your life is sapped from you, and now you're living it through me. When he calls out Jack, and he says, "And you need me to live this way for you," and it's like. Yeah, that's 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 the idea is like he's he's such a romantic and passionate person that it's infectious to all the people around him. And it's and all the people around him are stuck are stuck in this mode of like not looking at life in a romantic sort of way. Yeah, Don Juan is very good at doing what you're saying here, because Jack is now super horny after hearing this story. And he goes home, and he's all ready for his wife this time because good job, Don Juan. He's like a natural Viagra. Just being in the presence <laughs> yeah. of, of Don Juan, you just got it. You're ready to go. Yeah, he gets in the house and, like, kicks off his shoes. He doesn't even wait, and he's like, how would you feel about going upstairs? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's all hot and bothered from that story. He is. And he goes back to work, and his, the rest of the psych board, is saying that he's out of time. He's not making any progress, and they they're ready for him to retire now. He's ready to retire, well, they, too, but they he wants want, to finish this case. They want him to put Don Juan on drugs. They want him to take antipsychotics because he's they they believe he's heavily delusional, and he's been he's been withholding and not not trying to put him on drugs. And one way that he holds on to the case is he has a little more intimate knowledge of the details, and so he meets Don Juan's mother who is a, a very vague nun now and won't reveal anything. Oh, yeah, that fucking scene was just like, that That actually I, I did not like. Because what was the point of that? She just Exactly. Like she, she, walks in, she walks in, she tells him absolutely nothing, and then leaves. <laughs> like, other than the fact that she kind of fits the character description of, of how Don Juan has described her. Other than that, and she also refutes the, the grandmother's story, in a sense. Yeah, she, just, she says that she lived in the Mexican uh, village. Yeah, so she supports 
So we get two contrasting stories from outside of Don Juan. We get the grandmother who says that he didn't believe it, and that's when we start doubting it. And then the mother shows up, and she looks like a perfect Mexican nun and tells them that, yes, all that was true, and they did live down there. And the grandmother didn't know what she was talking about because she was not part of his life. And well, so she doesn't now, say it's true. She just says the grandma doesn't know what she's talking about, but she doesn't confirm. Yeah, anything. yeah, yeah. She says that, but but she doesn't. That's the, that's what pissed me off is because she doesn't really say anything. Like she doesn't confirm. She could sit. She could simply set the whole thing fucking straight and tell us that Don Juan is who he says he is. But she, you know, prefers if, to leave leave it up to mystery and leave her son's mental health to chance. She literally says. You'll have to ask my son. And so in the next scene, Jack asks Don Juan, hey, uh, did, do you think your mother actually had an affair with Don Alfonso? And this has surely oh, not the yeah. desired effect that Don Juan's mother wanted because he gets pissed and like throws a like a, yeah. a piece of a pot or something like a painting. Well, or and also an important line is there uh, in there is when when they're fighting and the husband dies and then don juan picks up the sword the mother goes help me lord i will lose them both and he says you you sure he wasn't sleeping with this other she wasn't sleeping did she mean her her husband and her son or her husband and her lover and he gets all pissed off and he's like my mother was not having an affair and throws something against the wall and gets actually a little viscerally violent that's when he gives him the he's like you think i don't know what you're doing you're you're sapping me so that you can live again and stuff like sort of like that in that essence. And like, it gives us this idea that that Don Juan is not delusional and he's very perceptive. Yeah. So he picks he, up on the fact that Jack is using him as a, as a sexual stimulant. Yeah. Yeah. He's absorbing his musk, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I see what you're saying. He, he gets very pissed about the question. And I got to say that Johnny Depp in these earlier movies is very good in these pissed off scenes. He has one in, and Donnie Brasco and uh, what's eating Gilbert Grape. I couldn't imagine him doing one of these pissed off uh, fit of rage scenes now. Uh, he's, he's way too goofy now. Yeah, he, he has a nice intensity in the scene that, that's, that's pretty good stuff. So. Yeah, he, he, that's the, uh, one, of the, one of the greatest moments of action in this movie besides the sword fight. He, he wings over the, uh, the piece of pottery like a, like a hobbit throwing a rock. Well, what do you think this is? A fucking Marvel movie? It's not yeah, an action man. movie. Like this is not an action movie. It's a romance, okay? Like Don Juan versus Jack. Give it to me. <laughs> you you want this to turn into a professional wrestling, uh, you know, uh, episode? Yes, that would have been much more entertaining. That would have been pretty entertaining, but that's not. <laughs> he what was this already movie... dressed like that's a wrestler. Not... He's dressed. That's that's not what this movie is. That's not about that. It's not an action movie. It's a romance movie. So uh, we we get to the final stretch now of Don Juan's story, and that is that a typhoon wrecked the ship that he was escaping, uh, escaping the Sultan's palace in, yeah. and he he's now stranded at sea for a few days. And he washes up on a uh, a beach and is saved by a beautiful woman. All right, so this doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, total bullshit again. All right, so so he he survived. He's the sole survivor. He says, and he washes up on a beach. But it's like this one beautiful woman is the only person on this beach, and she's living in a hut by herself on the beach, or what? Yeah, and he doesn't even have 
I mean, he just rolls up on the beach, and she's like, "Oh, hey, I love you." She just it, sees it him. Was, and... Well, they describe he describes that it was love at first sight, just like he describes that about his parents. So it was love at first sight, and you know, some people believe in that. So that was the that was the uh, the idea behind it. But uh, but to me, the logistics of the whole thing don't make sense because where did she come from? How did she get to this island? Where are uh, her tribe of people? Like where or is anybody else? She's just, just this beautiful woman hanging out on this island. Yeah, it's too good, too good. And the island's name is Eros. Is that a real place? Well, uh, Eros is like um, another uh, term for it's like Greek for love. All right, so it's not a real place that she's at, right, like a physical not. place. I assume not, but that's the Greek term. The Greek term for love is eros. Except for they go there at the end, but well, yeah, we'll see. Anyway, in, oh, no, in this, that's the, the ending. Really, fucking gets out there, but yeah. Yeah. So he's on this uh, deserted island with a beautiful woman, and they're instantly in love with each other. She falls in love with him, and then she asks him one night, "How many lovers before me?" And he says, this would have been a good time to lie. But he, <laughs> he, he does not lie. And this is where he says 1,502. So the 1,500 that he slept with in the harem, the sultan's wife, and his tutor. Yeah, including you, 1,502. <laughs> yeah, so he's, he slept with everybody. She gets pissed and she storms off. And so this is uh, the reason that he wants to kill himself. This is the woman that rejected him that he mentions at the beginning. Yeah. And also we've had like psychological, uh, they've done psychological evaluation. He went to his house and he found like porn stars pinned up on the wall with uh, the Zorro mask over their eyes. And he was like trying to convince him. He's like, these are not the girl you're talking about. It says her name right there. And he's like, no, they always use a fake name. So he sounds a little delusional at that point when he's talking about it. But he's like, I know it's really her, and she's and she's punishing me. So, did he really do this, or did he imagine all this with this pinup girl on the on the magazine? Yeah, that's the question. That's what I'm asking you. Well, uh, it, I'm trying to make I, sense of this fucking. Movie, I can't man. answer. I can't answer it without spoiling it. But I think that in the end, we get a pretty definitive answer. All right, all right. So that's what you think. All right, that's all I needed to hear. Then we'll go on because this is ridiculous. This makes no fucking sense. Well, you gotta fucking suspend your disbelief because it's a romanticism of the. Except everything. for the movie is meant to be grounded in reality. It's based on psychiatry. Like it, the whole point of the movie is if it's real or not, and then it's yeah. But you're looking at it as like a. a you're not looking at it from a romantic point of view. Like maybe he's romanticizing some of these stories. Oh, well, I would. They, they could have. De- is. They could have definitely happened though. Stuff like this could have happened, but maybe he's romanticizing it and making it look better and appear better than it is. All right. Well, he's convinced Jack for sure. Jack says, "Yes, I believe you now. Now that you told me this, I believe you. You are Don Juan DeMarco. You're. It's real. But I still need you to take these meds." And so he gives them the meds, right? Mm-hmm. So then he meets with the, the therapist now, Don Juan does, the, and he drops and the like, Spanish accent completely. And there's, he, like a, there's like a jury and an adjudicator. Yeah, and he tells them, well, my name is such and such, Jack or something. What, what's he say his real name is? Oh, shoot. 
Donald um, something. Uh, John Arnold DeMarco. Yeah, John Arnold DeMarco, and he has no accent anymore. He says his dad was killed in a car crash. His mother cheated on his dad all the time. And yeah, he he tells the judge exactly what he he's supposed to be, which is the story. Which is the story that doesn't make him seem like an insane psycho. And we even get a callback. We didn't mention it earlier, but Jack tells Don Juan at one point, you know, I know a kid that fell in love with a girl on a magazine and, and then he called her and she said, you're a creep. And it devastated him. He tried to kill himself. Yeah. He was like, what happened? He's like, a kid tried to kill himself. Like, yeah. And he relates so that just... story to Don Juan and Don Juan steals it here in this uh, judge and jury thing. Mm-hmm. He steals that story and says, I, oh, you know, it was me, and I'm sorry. It was just a cry for help, and I feel better. So this is a ploy to get him out of the psych ward, right? Yeah, essentially, <clears throat> this is a this is a, a a confusing part for the audience because now we don't know is he really telling the truth? Is that really how it all happened? And he's been romanticizing everything, or is he only saying it to get out of jail free? I even wrote down in my notes, the truth finally comes out. But then the next note says, or does it? Because Jack seemingly told Don Juan to lie. Yeah. That's how he he, could get out. And then he highly unethically steals him away in his car after this. Oh, yeah. This this whole thing is very unprofessional by Jack. The the entire process was all whack from the start. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. He gets them out of there, and then they go on a couple's retreat now, right? <laughs> Essentially, yeah. So they go yeah, to so the imaginary he, he, island of Eros? <clears throat> yeah. But it's not imaginary, apparently. So, like, he, he – they go to this island, and, and uh, Jack and Marilyn, uh, the, Faye Dunaway and Marlon Brando, are dancing to the music and all romantic and stuff, and – now Jack's narrating, and he's saying, and did uh, Don Juan's beautiful lover, what was her name, Donna? Donna Anna. Yeah, something like that. And he's like, did, was she there waiting for him like he, like he said she would be? And then he goes, why not? And she pops out around the corner and starts, you know, and gets with him. So it's, it's – it would have – I think it would have almost been left better – as a more ambiguous thing where we don't know if it's, it's then, but we definitely see her come that, that same character that he talked about come and, you know, swoon on him and start loving on him or whatever. So it makes it seem in the definitive ending, it seems like everything he's, he was saying was the truth and that this is the situation. Yeah. And that was my biggest problem with the movie. So he was not, it would have been better if he was, from New York and he was imagining the whole thing or from Phoenix, Arizona. But yeah, instead, like I... they confirmed that Don Juan and his story was true. So yeah, he, he was sold I... into slavery. Like, come on. I think it I think it undermines a little bit of the story, like by by giving us that ending. So I I, I kind of wish it would have just gone off with uh Jack and Marilyn. They do their own thing and then Don Juan goes away or whatever and does whatever he does. We don't even have to see anything after that. But I think the point of the story is that this couple, Jack and Marilyn, have rekindled, reken- their love. Have, re- 
have rekindled their love for each other. And regardless of whether the story is true or not, it's all about the, it's all about how you perceive it and how you take it. So you sort of define your own truths and, and uh, false falsities. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, I could see how some people could, could get drawn into this, but it, it wasn't for me so much. Not a big fan of that ending at all. And also, well, can we point out been... the fact that if, if Don Juan is delusional, as every other doctor thinks, then he's now out free in the world and a danger to himself and probably others. <laughs> Did he seem like a dangerous guy to you? For sure. Once he slept with that harem he's definitely loaded with disease he kills you're a man. jealous he you're kills jealous. A man. he's a murderer he's killed a man uh, he dueled a man in the streets the guy picked up the sword and fought him okay Duels that's are not duel. legal you can't just stab people in the streets. back then they were in mexico in small towns in mexico in 1992 or mm-hmm. whatever whatever year this came out 94 yeah hell yeah you can still do that in mexico no i don't think you can i'm that's maybe you just lost the podcast you were doing so well well, now you do it with guns or whatever, but uh, this was a very secluded town. They mentioned that in the beginning. It's a very secluded town, sort of forgotten by time. Duels are so. not <laughs> duels are not legal anywhere, and neither is duels are still legal. Duels are still legal in the United States. Oh God, I don't think so. Yeah, I think they might be. They might be actually somewhere. There are some pretty weird laws on the books. Yeah, like you can. There's some laws in like West Virginia, where the, the you would think. Wow, that shouldn't still be around, but it is. Uh, and I'm only going to bring up this one, and it's the one I shouldn't bring up. But it's you can, you're allowed to have sex with an animal in West Virginia. <laughs> you if, would you if, would know this if one. if it's over 45 pounds. <laughs> oh my God, you definitely just lost the podcast. I'm just that's not me. I'm just saying that's the law that they have not changed because it's an antiquated thing that uh, they don't pay attention to anymore. But that's still in the law books. Well, that's uh, that's something. It sure is, West Virginia. <laughs> you gotta get your shit together. Yeah, go West Virginia, or don't go. Actually, or don't go. Yeah, watch out. Hide your sheep. Hide your wife. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to this shitty movie. It was. Oh my god! It You're... ended up. It ended up being a fantasy movie that was somewhat based in reality. And... You know what? You're right. I it think... was just a romance. It was just supposed to make you feel romantic. That was it. That and was, it that did that. It, it 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 did it perfectly. It's a beautiful romance. Like the whole the whole movie gets me all like warm inside, and I just want to hug and kiss on my lover. But here's the th- here's the here's the problem, and I want the audience to know that you've spent eight days in the cold with no electricity because your power outage and the snowfall in West Virginia. And I think they should know this. That that's probably why you couldn't feel any warmth through this movie because your blood is running cold right now. Mason, I want you to rewatch this movie with a different mindset and a warm next to a crackling warm fire, and you know, and think about it. Uh, think about it from a romantic point of view, and and take notes. All right, because, I took tons of notes. Because no, no, take notes about about like you know. About you, the, the romance and not just the yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. Right, you know what? I will give you this one because I was pissed <laughs> off when I watched this movie just in general and not having uh, any electricity and freezing <laughs> my ass off. And I've been pissed off for a good while. So you're right, 100%. I, I could not feel the warmth. 
I was like fucking Don Juan DeMarco just cucking everybody, <laughs> cucking and fucking out here, stabbing dudes. <laughs> Old ass Marla Brand though, just banging his wife. Banging his wife. Nice. And all fat and floppy of shit. <laughs> Hanging out on the beach, that fucking whale. I'm here in the fucking cold. Dude, this is cathartic for you. Let this out. Let it go. Yeah, like... yeah fuck all these guys. And, and fuck, uh, <laughs> fuck anyone involved with this movie except for Debo. <laughs> oh my god see that feels doesn't that feel so much better yeah yeah that was much better just to get it out man when you're in a <laughs> shitty mood you're in a shitty mood <laughs> well but you know what the best part of it was and what did did bring me out of my rage at a few points was the song they played the song the oh, entire movie i thought you were gonna say the pool scene oh <laughs> well, yeah the pool scene was nice too i, I like the that pool too. scene would light a fire in anyone's loins yeah but i actually prefer the uh the mom and the with the mom with the and the baby in the bathtub that's that's a funny one as well you know oh she's got a sweet butt too in that same yeah thing. yeah she's nude and, and she looks back over her shoulder at him it's, it's just a funny one yeah yeah there's some good it's that, that's what i'm saying like it's an it's an erotic film and i remember like stealing where he kisses on the uh he kisses the girl between on their fingers between like comparing them to the legs and like kissing right on the crotch area of the fingers i've done that like I've stolen that shit. I've used it. So, right, this so movie. You, so you learned something here. This movie has been in, heavily influential on my life. Did uh, I didn't write down hardly any favorite lines for this movie. Uh, I have I have a couple here. So one is at the beginning. He's describing a woman when he's when he's uh, in the first scene seducing that woman that's boyfriend or whatever comes later and gets cucked. Uh, he says she must be coaxed to open her petals like a flower in the sun. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, how erotic. That's just so like, you know, vaginal and fun. And, uh, Oh, and, uh, and then when Jack's talking to Marilyn, uh, when Marlon Brando, Faye Dunaway is talking, he says, we've surrendered our lives to the momentum of mediocrity. And I thought that was a really good one too, because it's, it, that encapsulates their story is this is they and it, they've they've just accepted this life of mediocre and like whatever it is they go to work they wake up they do their job they come home they go to sleep it's just this mediocre style and he says we've surrendered our lives to the momentum of mediocrity i, I really like that one and uh uh oh oh when uh when johnny depp is with uh with the uh the Sultana, he's he's explaining to her about the, the the woman that he loves, and he's like, she brought my manhood alive and made it sing, and then she goes, <laughs> and then she goes, it sings. <laughs> yeah, I like that one too. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's the last one I got there. Yeah. Uh, well, I had a couple I liked, and I even had one romantic one, and that was when he says, "A woman, every woman is a mystery that needs to be solved," because. That's nice. You know, you're looking at, yeah. at each one as, as an individual, and they are very mysterious creatures. Yeah, that's true. Um, I like when the Sultana tells him, undress, when she uh, she points at him. And yeah. uh, I like when he says, this would have been a very good time to lie, when, when she asks <laughs> yeah. him about the women. But yeah. my favorite line, and I, I wish I had heard this line before I started watching the movie, came from Jack, and it was, thank God for medication. <laughs> oh yeah yeah he ha he has a couple good ones and 
And a lot of these, because I know Brando improvises a lot of his dialogue. So, <laughs> so at one point he says, he says, if you give, if you, and I'm going to do my Brando impression. If you give this kid to whoever, he's going to do a flamenco dance on his head until it looks like a tortilla. <laughs> and he's like, he's going to, he's going to tear him apart. And it like, he, he says that and I'm, I'm like, that sounds so much like a Brando improvised line that I'm pretty sure he made it up. Well, the thank God for medication thing. He almost blew their cover. Is, yeah, because it's right after uh, Don Juan lies and says that he actually was from Phoenix or whatever it was, and and the whole yeah. Don Juan thing was a mess, and they're all like, "Oh, he's cured, he's cured. oh yeah," and he's, he's like, shaking "Oh, his thank hand. God thank- for medication." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, that, yeah, it was. It's 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 to me, it's a movie that kind of accomplishes what it set out to accomplish, and that's why I, I like it because. It's like I don't go to a Will Ferrell movie expecting to see the Titanic. I don't go to, you know, watch Jackass expecting to see Don Juan DeMarco. And like when I when I think of Don Juan DeMarco and I think of a romance movie, I go in expecting to see romance and eroticism and stuff like that. And it fulfills all that for me. Like it's a it's a movie that that I think is entertaining uh, and it's a fun story. And I think it's, you know, it's 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 also a, a movie that, that that women can get behind too. Women can enjoy because it has all that sensuality and stuff in it. So, I I I really I really enjoy this movie for what it is. Now it's not like a great cinematic piece of art, and my score is going to reflect that. I'm gonna I'm gonna grade on what I think it is for an overall movie, but it's in it's entertaining as hell to me. I think. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I, I'm a hopeless romantic too. Yeah, it it does uh, hit the romance chord, but it's listed as a comedy, romance, drama, and I felt no comedy. Well, maybe a moment or two that was kind of funny, mm-hmm. and very little drama. There was no uh, no obstacle really to overcome. It, you know, there was no yeah. struggle for Jack to achieve this romantic feeling that Don Juan gave him. It just he immediately got mm-hmm. it and. And that was yeah. it. Like he he did that, and then they got Don Juan out. And I don't know. I just that's a good point. There's there's not much struggle in the in the movie. Uh, yeah, except for yeah, uh, it, the tutor escaping from Don Juan's rape attempts. Uh, that's the that was the biggest struggle. Yeah, yeah. We're never really in fear for for Don Juan's uh, life or, or or his sanity i guess or being locked up we never really believe that he's not gonna work it's not gonna work out but uh so i would agree i would agree on that you know they what they should have done is uh added a shark attack when he was on, out, oh. out on the ocean yeah like how do you how are you the only one that survived and you didn't get a shark attack out there yeah get a shark attack and then let him wash up on the beach yeah like the earth is only like 98 percent water the shark sharks are sharks are everywhere. Dude. They are everywhere. I agree. <laughs> like I, if you dip your toe in the in the salt waters of either coast in the American soil, you have like a ten percent uh, chance of getting it bitten off by a shark. There can even be sharks in rivers sometimes. Oh yeah, they swim up rivers all the time. And uh, bull sharks swim up the Mississippi River. Oh my god. That's true. And it, go on with Yeah, your... that is that like that's true in the sense that they probably found one that did that. 
It's happened before. That, that's not it's, made up. It's happened. It's not like a regular happening. Whatever. I'm going to go on with my grade first because I don't even yeah. care. I don't even care what your grade is. Yeah, you're, it's cold, gonna be you're cold and angry. You're cold and angry, so go ahead and give us your grade. I know it's going to be ridiculous what your grade is. You're going to be like uh-huh. 18. So keep in mind, I gave Titanic an 18 and a half. An excellent mm-hmm. movie, and it's fine that it's a romance. So it's not like yeah. I have anything against romance movies. But this movie didn't make sense. The plot didn't make sense, and the story didn't make sense, and it was uh, boring to me. Oh, I did. I did love the music. It had a few decent scenes. I liked most of the flashback scenes for Don Juan, but the uh, the reality based part I didn't like. Uh, the scenery was good, a lot of good shots, and the writing was pretty good. I liked the dialogue, the acting was fine. So it's going to get higher than Brokeback Mountain. Well, and- fucking thank you, Jesus. If you rate it lower than Brokeback Mountain, I I just give up on you. No, I'm actually going to give this a 10 out of 20. And it's because. Hey, that's good. That's right on rewatchable. Yeah, it's rewatchable for most people. And I've now seen it twice or maybe three times in my life. So I have rewatched it, but I'm probably done now rewatching it. But I would recommend it to someone who is interested in a romance, but not interested in a thought provoking movie. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree on most accounts of that. Like, here's my issue is that I'm. I'm a huge Johnny Depp fan. I'm a huge Marlon Brando fan. Like I enjoy watching them on screen. I, I think it does what it sets out to do in the sense like, yeah, it it has some plot holes and stuff like that. And it's not the finest work of art of all time, but it, it transports it. It's like, it's like a, man, it's like it's like instead of going out and getting a steak dinner, it's like you went out to your favorite, you know, not fast food, but like right above fast food restaurant and got your favorite meal. And like it's like, Applebee's? yeah, yeah. Applebee's or Chili's or something like that. It's like, and you went out and you got a, and you got a meal and you, you, and you, you were hanging with the family and you, you all laughed and you had a good time and you think back and you're like, wow, you know, the dinner wasn't the greatest dinner ever, but man, we sure had a good time all sitting there and enjoying uh, Applebee's. So that's what this movie is to me. And, but it's not the finest work of art. So to me, it's, I'm going to give it a 15 out of 20, which I, I, I think I like, I want to rate it higher, but I also see it for the, the flaws that are in it, but I think it's highly rewatchable. And I know that because I, I own the VHS of it. I've rewatched it plenty of times. Like it's, it's an entertaining movie and it's, Things like I could quote this movie to other people, but they would not know what I'm talking about because it wasn't that popular of a movie. But yeah, like I, I, I think it does. It's it does what it sets out to do. Yeah, this movie did not reach the level of popularity I would have expected from it, considering uh, the cast. Yeah, I mean, 69 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, though. That's pretty close to what you gave it. So I, I can't fault your grade there. Yeah. If I'd have, if I'd have broken down the percentages, I would have given exactly a sixty nine percent on our grade. But <laughs> yeah, and there's it, maybe there is a strange uh, charisma to this movie and to Don Juan because the sixty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes is, you know, what are the odds of that? I don't think we've perfect, had one of those yet. Per- perfect grade. <laughs> and I I can't emphasize enough. You keep glossing over the music, man. The music was the best part of this. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, the, no, the movie, the music, and no, no. Also, to me, what stood out more was the lighting. 
like the contrast of lighting between when they're in the psych psychiatric ward and when they go back to Mexico and in the past stories, like the light just jumps off of their skin and they, they're all backlit beautifully. Yeah, that's and they're, true. They're, 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 yeah, they're glowing. It's such a warm feeling. And it's like the way that they made it such a warm lighting, it, it just, it, it emanates love sort of. And I think that's really a genius uh, tactic by the director. So it seems to be almost <clears throat> sunset every single in every scene. Yeah, yeah, it's like always sunset, and the the light is just hitting everybody perfectly, and just you can see the outline of their hair, like the light on their hair, and it's just yeah, it's 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 artistic in in a way. And like the other two movies we've done this month, it plays a lot of the same song with different versions. Now they play like Spanish versions and. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah they even sing it in, in different lyrics yes and now to officially say brian adams have you ever really loved a woman is a good a really good song so yeah what a great yeah. song thank you thank <laughs> you finally i finally got you to have like you ever it. really 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 ever really 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 loved a woman if you love a woman, then tell her that she is the one. Oh, yeah, it's good stuff. It's a great one. They, they play it at my work sometimes. <clears throat> I like to sing along. Of course, I sing along to literally every song. Yeah, any song at work becomes a song that you have to sing along. But it, it's let's be honest, it wasn't as good as Colors of the Wind by from Pocahontas. <laughs> Yeah, that's a bullshit, man. It is a great song. Yeah, it's a good song, but come on, I think it is a better song. <laughs> Brian Adams is like uh, my entire movie watching childhood. It was just Brian Adams, Brian Adams. I'll probably I watch that Robin Hood a billion times. I don't even know who Brian Adams is, but I, I like. Dude, it. he's a country music guy, right? No, it's not country. He he sings like '80s love ballads. He, Oh okay. yeah, I don't have time to get into Brian Adams. <laughs> All right, well let's let's get the hell out of here. Yeah, what's the uh, email? I don't know. Rancid Taco Podcast at Gmail dot com. Good, good job. Whew. Man, Whew. It's a, it's, that was a reaction. I didn't even know what I was saying. It was just the words were spilling you're, out of me. You're getting so good at it. You're you're not screwing it up at all anymore. It's pretty good. Yeah. But you have been forgetting to hail payment, and that's why I'm oh, stuck yeah. in this fucking snowstorm. Well, hail payment. Yeah, hail payment. I predict that your electricity will be on by Friday. <laughs> oh, nice. Good, good guess. That's what the power <laughs> company says, too. But I guess we'll uh, just have to wait. Hey, that's not what the power company said. That's what payment told me. Yeah, well, payment, please, man. I've been so kind to you all, all these years. Like, yeah. Hook it up payment. with electricity, bro. Can we do Wednesday payment? Yeah. <laughs> payment. What stock should I be investing in? <laughs> who, who else? Who else? Who else do I got to hail to get some fucking electricity around here? Yeah, please. All right. Well, and, and I just got to give a shout out to you for doing this entire podcast freezing cold in your car. Hey, man. I've uh, had worse. I don't know. Actually, it's been pretty shitty, but yeah. <laughs> have you had Have you, though? Have you had worse? This this concludes Romance Month. What do we got coming up next month? Bad Movie March. I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, That's going to be a too. fun one. Bad Movie hey, you March know, being movies that, that we like that are considered bad. Yeah. Specifically movies that are low, low rated on uh, 
Rotten Tomatoes that we actually consider good movies. And you know what's funny is I almost considered doing Mortal Kombat because it's it's rated so lowly on there. And then, yeah, it's it's a bad movie. But (laughs) but then I recently the new trailer came out for the new Mortal Kombat, and I was like, oh man, I don't know. And the new Mortal Kombat looks like it's going to be badass. Maybe we should review both of them. Yeah, there might have been a Mortal Kombat 2, so we could do a three-part with that, too. Do I, <laughs> Could you imagine how few people would listen to a podcast about Mortal Kombat 2? <laughs> it would not surprise me if that was one of our most popular, <laughs> to be honest, because there is probably a cult classic gamers that probably are going to... And also, they're going to be searching for Mortal Kombat. In the, in the, they might accidentally... <laughs> yeah, they might accidentally stumble into our shit. Yeah, they might accidentally click on us. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe... Actually, that's intriguing. I had not thought of Mortal Kombat, so uh, we'll have to talk about that a little later. But Yeah, bad, yeah. bad Movie March coming up next. All right. And is there anything else you wanted to add about Marlon Brando? <laughs> oh, yes. There is actually, in some scenes, you can see he's got an earpiece in. I didn't right? notice that, no. You, you, don't, you don't notice it because it's flesh-colored, but if you go back and look, you can see it's a flesh-colored like earpiece in the back of his ear, and now that we have higher definition, you can see it. But that is because he stopped learning his lines for all of his movies when he got to it. Well, I really love this guy. So all you ever tell me is how much of a prick he is. Yeah, that's the best part. Like he's so fucking inventive. But his his reasoning behind it is because he 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 would know the script, he would know the dialogue, but he wouldn't memorize his lines because in real life you don't ever have anything planned. You, you're not planning what you're going to say. So once you know the intention of the line you're delivering, so he would memorize his intentions and the things that he wanted to happen throughout the scene. And then the line would be fed to him in his ear and he would say the line as he was feeling. It's fucking revolutionary. Like the guy's, the guy's an acting genius. Yeah. But also that there are probably a lot of directors that that really would piss off if you weren't already an established actor. Yeah, no, you can't do that shit unless you're on Marlon Brando's level or like a famous or like Johnny Depp could do it or something like that. But in the in the Godfather, he wrote his lines on other actors and they would hold them on cue cards and stuff all around the set. He'd have them written on like his coffee cup behind the behind the camera and stuff like that. Like he stopped learning his lines. And a lot of it was because probably he was lazy and just didn't want to fucking do all the work. But at the same time, he also, like, just geniusly discovered the idea of, like, hey, you, you can, you, you're not supposed to know what you're going to say. You need to be in the moment and thinking about what the other person's giving you, reacting, and then saying what you're going to say. So it's actually pretty ingenious. Anyway, did you have, <laughs> did, did you have anything else you wanted to add about uh, what's this movie? Don uh, Juan De, Don, <laughs> did you have anything yeah, else to add? Yeah, we both, Don Juan DeMarco. <laughs> we both just froze on the movie we did. Yeah. yeah no, well, that's it. I think that's it. Like I'd like to do a whole podcast just talking about Brando, but we gotta stop. Well yeah, you gotta get me some knowledge on I gotta you gotta show me a good, oh, dude. good Marlon Brando besides the God. Dude, you your homework right now is to walk watch Streetcar Named Desire and just notice the difference of his acting compared to the other actors in the scene in the in the scenes with him in the same movie that's, 
Because that's the first movie when the Stanislavski system was brought to American acting. And you can see the difference between old school American acting and the over the top, the over the top actors and the realism that Brando brought to the screen. And everybody, it just opened everybody's eyes and they were just like, holy shit, this is a real person on set, on set in front of us now. Not somebody uh, doing an actor's voice, acting, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, it, it gave the freedom to all the other actors. Like other actors have been quoted as saying, Marlon Brando is the person that gave us our freedom. Like he he opened the he opened the door, and it's not it wasn't exactly him. Like other people brought it over to him in the studio that they were studying, but he was just the the he just understood it the the most and used it. Did you have anything else you wanted to add about Marlon? Yeah, Miranda? yeah. So so <laughs> so after you after you watch that, then you've got to then you've got to watch on the waterfront and just get the the beautiful contrast of his of his character is like he's this tough boxer and that's the line i could have been a contender i could have been somebody instead of a bum which is what i am let's face it so that's the line the famous line is from from that movie he says that and uh it's, that, it's that's this on the waterfall you said on the waterfront yeah waterfront, okay both of them were directed by Ilya kazan who was also a, a great director at that time this is we're talking about the golden age of american theater i mean you're talking tennessee williams wrote uh uh, streetcar named Desire, one of the greatest uh, playwrights of all time all right. in America. Well, how am I supposed to? I mean, those are probably going to be pretty hard to find, especially without uh, power. But yeah, I, without... I would like to actually see some prime Brando because all the movies, I'm not, I know he's one of the greatest actors of all time, but in all the movies I really watched him in, it was toward the end of his career, and I wasn't as impressed except for The Godfather. Yeah, no. Watch Streetcar and On the Waterfront. They're his two best films. All right, I'll check them out. And then you go to Last Tango in Paris, which is like one of one of his better ones. Then Apocalypse Now was a fucking great movie. One-Eyed Jacks is one of my favorite westerns ever, and he directed that whole thing and wasted so much fucking money that they, they never gave him. Apocalypse Now uh, is a great movie, but it's way too long. Like I normally don't say that about yeah. movies, but it is too long. It, it's drawn out quite a bit. One of my favorite performances of him is from uh, a movie called Burn, and it's like takes place in the in Cuba, I think, and he's like leading a revolutionary overthrow of a place in Cuba. And then you got like Guys and Dolls he did with Frank Sinatra, which is actually pretty good. I'll tell you another good one is uh, the score with Edward Norton, Robert De Niro, and Marlon Brando. That's a good. I've never seen that. I didn't know he was in that. That's a good heist movie. That's and he's in that. I might have seen it a long time ago, but I, I would be interested in watching that one. The Island of Dr. Moreau is actually, I think, pretty good. I love Val Kilmer in that. He plays it. Really I, if I recall, that movie is absolutely terrible. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to rewatch yeah, it. Yeah, let's see it again. But, but we, we got we to close this one, dude. We gotta yeah, we got to close it. We got to close God. it. But you should just watch. You I mean Marlon Brando. Like, well, I, I, read, I read his autobiography, too, which is also really interesting. So. I mean, he was my, he's my, the, he's the actor that I've always kind of looked up to and just tried to like steal a lot of his stuff too. So, so I, I that's why I know so much shit about him, but. Yeah, well, I mean, he seems like a cool guy, but I'm going to have to see some of the other shit, you know? Yeah. Get on Hulu and check it out. All right. I'll be on Hulu to check out a streetcar named Desire. All right. We got to close this shit out. You've rambled on too long about Marlon Brando. Yeah. <laughs> don't ever also, tell me, don't ever tell me about taking the cast. 
too long whenever I say uh, Kate Mara or, or whoever. <laughs> Whatever. This is the only time I've ever asked you. Did you have anything else one to add? Fucking, one fucking podcast I do it, you know? You had uh, something else to add about Marlon Brando on an infinite scale. Oh, I could keep going, too. I'm not done. Well, we'll do The Godfather someday, and then that'll give you two more uh, podcasts to do. Oh, hell yeah. More Brando. Yeah, like the time when he loaded his, he was getting carried up the stairs in The Godfather. <laughs> he loaded they, the bed. Yeah, they loaded the bed. He loaded the bed full of weights. So, like, uh, all the people that were carrying him up the bed were, were struggling. He was, con- yeah. he was constantly, like, playing pranks on all of his co uh, actors and directors and shit like that. Yeah, he, he was a real prankster, real fat yeah. prankster. Yeah, he's just got he's got an interesting view on life too. Like he's just an interesting interesting guy. There's a great interview with him and Larry King on YouTube if you ever want to check that out. Yeah, is is he still alive? No, he's dead. When did he die? Uh, I don't know. He lived into like his late 80s, early 90s though. Even as fat as he was. Yeah, that's pretty pretty impressive. Yeah. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for. Um, fuck! What's the name of this one? Don Juan Demarco. That's gonna, <laughs> that's gonna do it for Don Juan Demarco. Did uh, no? You don't have anything else you wanted to add? So no, fuck no, Jesus! Don't give me that leeway. Uh, yeah, I keep trying not to say it now. You, you finally got me. You got it to the point where I don't want to say it again because you're yeah. gonna, you're gonna tell me about Marlon Brando's acting career in the '40s or whatever. Shall I continue? <laughs> no, no. Thanks everybody for listening. We will see you next week. Thank you guys. Everyone loves movies From Webster to Morocco Who needs rotten tomatoes When you've got the rancid tacos Really, 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 really ever really loved a woman. This podcast is brought to you by West Virginia Pepperoni Rolls.